But anyway, last year when I was doing the cell group with the young adults, I was talking with them, and and Easter's coming up. What what happens when the end time comes? At the end time, and we will be clothed in this new new body, right? And I told him. What would happen if you go outside of the church and go to a lady and tell her, say, Hey, late miss, um, I will be clothed in a new body at the end time. What would she react like to you? How would she react? And I asked him, and he, <laughs> he said, the miss will be like, Oh, what the heck? And then she will just walk away. And Paul in Philippians, what does he say? He doesn't say that I want to go to heaven and just play well. No. In Philippians, Paul says, I desire to reach to the resurrection. So the most important thing to the Paul in his eschatological perspective is resurrection. And he becomes to the being that he can approach to the closest to the Lord. So in Easter, we, we share these eggs. We give out the, the Easter eggs. But to all these Christians, I want to ask them, how much of them, how many of them believe that they will be clothed in this new body, new resurrected body? And this might be something very superstitious um, concept to those people who have never heard about this because they... And they are limited to their own thoughts, thinking that uh, all they need to do is to just believe Jesus well on this earth and become a good person. And, and some people think that you, we should not talk about this end time, this, um, this end time. If you talk about the end time, it comes to you as a fearful thing or something that you, you, you should not um, talk about. It's something that only the heretics like to talk about. And, and in fact, these kind of things exist in people's mind. This is how the enemies has corrupted the truth. But this end time is related to our victory, the ultimate victory. Of course, this victory is related to our daily life, but the victory that is related to this um, ultimate kingdom of God that will come to us at this end time. But the enemies distorted the these eschatology, and they made it. Uh, they made us to uh, relate the uh, eschatology to something very fearful and something very uh, dangerous. But as we have been hearing the message, what exists when there's a head, there's there's a tail. So when there's a beginning, there's an end. And from the beginning, um, all these. All these beginning of the world creation, maybe that's the beginning. And then the eschatology, the end time is our, our end. So if you do not know the end, the end time, if you do not know how you will be victorious at the end and how you will be perfected through the new body, then you will be blind. So, so how would you live? You will live as if you don't have any hope, thinking, oh, being attacked by the enemy, that's normal. Believing in Jesus Christ, that's a difficult thing. And this is how we, you live. 
and so in that sense you don't have hope instead you you try to raise up your own fleshly um, desire and strength in order to overcome that difficult mindset so but if you believe in this end time well, uh, no matter what kind of circumstances and situation you're in, you will be able to have hope. So through Micah, let us share how God has destined our victory and how he has prepared this end time for us. So in, uh, let's conclude this really quickly. There's a, uh, there's a beginning and the end of the end time. Beginning of the end time is Jesus' first coming and uh, the end is his second coming. So between those, those two events is the greatest um, the, the end time so we are living in actually practically in this end time and talking about end time what is the most important attitude we should have toward this end time is to be awake to be alert we we heard this in book of gospels and 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 Pastor Kim will talk about uh, preach about Thessalonians, and there appears Paul is keep um, telling people to be awake. The day will come, the day will surely come, and God will surely give the sign to those people who are yearning and desiring. But you need to be awake and not be asleep. It means that when the darkness come, you know, you should not be with the darkness, but instead you should be with the light, and you need to awake your spiritual senses. And we are keep talking about this new season. And when we talk about this new season, this new season is included in this end, end time. And there will be distinct, significant events that God will allow in this end time. And this new season is um, uh, symbolizing one of those significant seasons, uh, events that God is showing us. So, when, so let's say when the seasons are changing in the world, you have to change your clothing and you need to be prepared for this new season, right? Just like that, you need to be prepared for this spiritual new season. And, you know, my wife is, is, is out of the country. She, when she was preparing Costa Rica Conference, She's talking to me and she said, oh, what kind of clothes should I pack? And what do you think? I, I, I told her and I told her, um, well, pack whatever you want to pack. And she was very um, expecting to wear a um, yellow shorts. And I told her, I told her, do, do on your own, <laughs> do your thing. And I, I told her, it's okay. <laughs> no, it's kind of life, but anyways. And she was preparing these short clothes that she cannot wear during this cold season in Korea because she's going off to Costa Rica. So for your information, uh, because we, we, did not ha we, we do not have a, a wife or mother in our house. So we, we were gifted this, this poor heart. <laughs> And I am desiring for my wife to come soon, Maranatha. <laughs> I had this kind of desiring in heart. As I was preparing this sermon for this week, uh, throughout this week, preparing for the sermon, interceding, <laughs> and I realized I experienced this great grace of the Lord. And you pastors understand, right? You become poor, whatever you eat, you, you feel kind of empty. But anyways... 
But anyways, just like preparing for your clothes, you are preparing for this new season. Why are we keep having these conferences each month? Why going to different, um, taking different flights, taking um, transits? Of course, God allowed us and God commanded us. But why? It, on what purpose God is leading us? Because he wants to prepare his remnants in this end time. So in this new season, how can we express or the things that God has prepared for us? Just like this ground, this frozen ground is melting in, in spring. What happens? The new life will come up. But before that, no matter how much you dig the ground, no matter how much you try to cultivate the land, the, uh, the life cannot grow through in, in that frozen land. But, but when the season is changing, what happens? The frozen ground is melting and the life will uh, come up and it will surface. Just like, just like that, the church will show same image. When the new season comes, what does God um, arise in us? He, he, arise, he raises this new life within the church. Not only there is a new um, sprouts, but, but uh, it grows to a new plant and it will bear fruits. Just like that, opening these new conferences, awakening people, healing people, telling them, letting them know, witnessing that kingdom of God is near, what is doing through that, he's awakening the remnants in all around the world who are yearning and desiring for the kingdom of the Lord. So what we need to do is to have faith and to be awake and to receive his coming. Just like the wise uh, virgins, who prepared the the all oils and those five um, virgins who were not wise they were it's not like they were unlucky but because they were not prepared what does that mean when you are prepared it means that you are yearning and you are desiring and you don't want to miss a single moment for that chance to come so in that spiritual sense and spiritual um eyesight this is a season that we are preparing for his coming so when we look at micah there are many um many um eras in in the end time especially millennial kingdom and other other end, end time um, Micah is a prophet who prophesies 100 years before the falling of Israel or before uh, South Judah and with the prophecy prophecy of the um, enslaving of Israel what did he prophesy he prophesied about the remnants that's his characteristic and and in the same time of same timeline of Isaiah, he prophesied. So, so here, the the part that we read today has very um, lots of similarity to Isaiah chapter two. And and when whenever God does His things, He just like just like Amos, um, God does not do anything without letting the the prophets know His His will. Just like Micah and Isaiah were prophesying the similar things, just like that, 
God testifies himself through, through the unification of the remnants. And he was active with, in the same line of Isaiah. And, and Micah defines who is the remnant and who are we. We are the remnants. Whether you are aware of it or not, I'm, I'm sure there's no, no, none of you who are unaware of it. But we have this identity of, of remnants. So that's the reason why Micah is important to us. He's def defining who the remnants are. And not only the fate of South Judah, uh, Micah is talking about all this end time. In that sense, Micah is very meaningful and important to us today. So what's the purpose today for hearing this message? To understand the flow of this season and to see what God is doing to us and to take the victory, to receive the victory that He has prepared to us. I believe that you will have the blessing of these to the, today. So in these, from verse 1 to 5, from verse 6 to 8, and um, verse 9 to chapter 5, verse 1. So the first part, we, so today's message is divided into these three things, three, three um, sections. And the last section is about the victory of the remnants. The first one is about Millennial Kingdom, and the, the later two sections are are the things that God will do before the millennial kingdom comes. And He is preparing the remnants. He is preparing for the people to prepare for the war. Let's begin looking for, from the section 1, from verse 1 to verse 5. So in verse 1 and 2, this millennial kingdom's characteristics appear. And what's that? That the Messiah will rule over all all the land, and these are very popular um, uh, verses. And when when I was young, I I sung this song. I sung this song, this famous song, "Come, let us go up to the mountain." And without understanding the meaning, I only thought, "Oh, this is a very um, very exciting song." But the author who wrote this song was very uh, prophetic anyways so in the last days the mountain of the lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains it will be exalted above the hills and the people will stream to it so verse 1 and 2 it is drawing the picture of the kingdom which god is being a king through messiah a perfect world and what is characteristic of this world this is characterized by the king who will be enthroned and he will be teaching the people. So the characteristic of a nation is determined by the characteristic of the president or the prime leader of that nation, right? So just for example, in Israel, when Solomon and David was kings, um, they were at, at their prime, but, but later they, they met their um, falling. But, but anyways... So these days, we're the same, right? Depending on what kind of president is becoming the head of the nation, the fate or, or the direction of the nation is determined. And when we look at Central and South America over there, uh, the situation is very weird, right? We ha they have like the first lady who is a witch or something. So, so we we can 
imagine a little bit how difficult would they be. But the, in the millennial kingdom, is a kingdom which have Jesus as 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 her king. How good would that be? Just having him as a king. It doesn't matter how big the nation is, how many um, crops they make in the nation. That does not matter. It's a very desirable kingdom to come. And what through what is Jesus ruling the nation through His Word? So there's there's nobody in our church who's like the, who who hates to listen to the word. And if if there's a people, if there's a person who's like that, and he would have difficulties going into into the kingdom. So in millennial kingdom, what what does Jesus do? He he would just preach and he would speak. But if you hate listening to that, and if you refuse to that, then you would go before Jesus and say, Oh, I don't want to do that. I just want to go play football. No. <laughs> and if you have attended attended the, um, what's it called, academies, these famous, um, famous um, the, the teachers or the professors, they write, they write, their own books right so in the world when the author directly speak then people come directly to hear because they want to listen to what what that author has uh, learned have studied but not only the author but but the author uh, of salvation author of the world would personally come to rule the nation so what would happen to the the foreign nations Many nations will come, just like the, the streams will, uh, will be guided to the sea in order to be ruled by His word. Uh, this is the picture of the end time. Of course, with the offering, um, they will come, but what would they ultimately do? They will see Jesus and witness Jesus, who is the word himself. Of course, we have Pastor Lee, who is writing his thesis. The scholars would would tackle tackle you and they will um, write lots of papers about these one prepositions and debating this is right this is wrong what <laughs> what would happen when jesus comes on earth and say oh i didn't mean that <laughs> well, it seems like so it seems so meaningful but it is not meaningful anyways so the word himself when he speaks then that's everything and in Yolbang Church, we have, we are attending to the church which has the truth, and we are worshiping Him in, in spirit and in truth. And what does Jesus do to us? He is teaching us His word. First John um, twenty twenty seven. You have the anointing that no one has to teach you, but only the anointing will will let you know. In Jeremiah chapter 31, what it says, you are the being of new creation. It is also appeared in, in Hebrew. So in your mindset, in your spirit, you have the truth. When the truth of, of Jesus is being proclaimed, you will automatically know and realize this. How glorious is it? Just like that, the king who himself is the anointing, what it means is that he is teaching, he is treating us as kings too. And he's not teaching us through the wisdom of this world or uh, anything of this of human beings. No, he is becoming a teacher himself and he will come personally. He will teach us. 
And what, what we are thankful about Yeolbang Church is because we are, we are thinking the Yeolbang Church as a church of God, not because we are um, extraordinary, we are special. No, because God is ruling. And in terms of word, in terms of the word, he is teaching personally. And he's making us to receive that by faith. So through that word, what happens? Our spirit changes, our mindset changes, and our heart is open. He does everything that he needs to do to us. And in millennial kingdom, that kind of work will pace up and it will become more real to us and more practical to us so that, this, that the spiritual system would not be limited at all. But this glory of his word in, in 1 John, and it is also happening to us right now. Of course, we are kind of seeing it in, in a very um, uh, vague way, just as we are seeing in the mirror. But, but the way we are hearing um, the word right now and the face that we are experiencing right now would, be, would not be different from the word and the face that we will see in the millennial kingdom. And when we go to millennial kingdom, we will not be like, oh, who are you? No, we will be able to recognize Jesus right away because, because he's the one that we saw every single day right now. In Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 4, 16 or 13, um, he has shined his light of knowing God in our heart. So as we are hearing his word and as we are keep experiencing him, it is, it is real. It is all real. When we are saying, look at his face, see his face and see his glory, see his light. It's not something that is symbol, uh, symbolistic and it is something very um, super spiritual. No, it's practical and it's real. For example, let's say I'm in a loneliness because no one acknowledges me. When I'm in this loneliness, in solitude, and, but when I when I go before him and I see his face, what do I feel? I see Jesus' face, who was turned away by his family, his brothers, but he seems so lonely. But he's keep having this righteousness of God, and he struggled on this earth, and he was victorious on this earth. And when I see his face. What happens? I receive who he is and I realize, oh, my loneliness and my solitude is nothing and uh, I can overcome them through his, his comfort. For example, um, let's say if I have a lack, if I have a lack in my life and when I go before him and see his face, what, what happens? I see his face who, who laid down and who sort of forsaken all his rights and authority and I see as I see him, what, what do I realize? I realize that, oh, my poverty and my lack is nothing. Uh, and when I go before him with this um, greed, then what, what, I, what do I see? He, he was the one who is same as God, but he did not take the right to be like that. But he took the body of a servant and he even, uh, he served God to death. And when I see him, what happens? I automatically bow down before him. And I, I cannot help myself but to confess that he is a king. So all these word itself and all this truth and the gospel, when I go before him, when I see his face, the one who lived, 
And as we see his face, we keep experiencing his work, who is keep healing our soul. He is keep coming and knocking on our spirit. So what we need to do is to go before him every single moment and to see him who, whom the word has become the flesh. And he who is keep changing our body, he's, he, him who is keep changing our spirit. So he's keep talking to us right now. To the church who is being ruled by the by the spirit so on this earth the face that we are seeing right now would not be different from the face that we'll see in the millennial kingdom so when we talk about eschatology one of the most important attitude that we should have is that is not to think that um this is something that will happen later no just as the future is flowing into the present we need to believe that this is something that we can taste right now. So, so in the Millennial Kingdom, all this rule that will happen in Millennial Kingdom is also present. Of course, it's not at its full scale, but it is also happening uh, to us right now. But when when God is when Jesus is teaching this word right uh, uh, himself, what what happens to us that we become the people who will be able to obey to that word completely in the millennial kingdom there's no no devils who has been um, distracting us until now so we will be able to say amen amen to to him right away and we will be able to uh, keep in step with him and there will be no limitation for us to live with him isn't it something desirable so when we talk about millennial kingdom of course of course, Pastor Kim says he will wrestle with a bear and he will run with cheetah. But of course, that's, that's that will be fun. But 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 the most important thing is to see his face. How will he look like when I when I meet him personally? How would it feel? Of course, he is approaching to us right now, so it's not like we don't know him, but. The, the amazement that we will see him uh, in person and to live him live with him eternally how amazing would that be and we have that um, amazement in, in us right now and he's ruling and the result of his rule appears in uh, verse 3 and 4 the characters of the, of the nation appears like this he will judge between many people and will settle disputes for strong nations far and wide. They will beat their souls into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. So it means that they will not fight. In conferences, in conferences, the, the alarms are keep keep sound because these because we are afraid of we are um awakened we are alert against the enemies and the the enemies when they come to us what do they do they come between us to bring war So these enemies, they are blocked on floor four before they come up to floor five because the strong warriors in Ansip are destroying these enemies. But anyways, these enemies, what do they do? 
What do they do? They make us to go into the war, but the war we can't. The the greatest um, reason for war is greed. Because of these five greed of Babylon, we the war is happening. So if we do not have these five greed or five desires of Babylon, then there's no reason for us to fight against the enemies. So let's say someone, if someone um, steals my thing, steals my snack, then my, my desire of possession is happening. So I'm making this example of answer, but anyways. So, so all this greed will be disappeared when Messiah is ruling. So he will um, he will judge and he will settle disputes. So when the righteousness and justice is ruling the nations, there will be no no uh, conflicts. There is no greed. It will be disappear from us. One of the biggest thing that we are fighting against is this greed, right? On this earth, there's nothing much that we can do. It's not complicated. No matter whether you are doing business, whether you are studying, what's the most important thing? Um, outside of us, we need to fight against the enemies, and inside of us, we need to keep killing this desire of Babylon. Whether you are living as a full-time minister, whether you are a teacher, whether you are making money in the world, all our goal is set to... Um, removing all this desire ironic right in the world people are trying to gather more and more but people of, of God we we are making more money in order to uh, empty ourselves I bless you that you will make more money in order to remove more things from you so what's the what's the other characteristics of this nation it will um, beat their swords into plowshare and their spears into pruning hooks so they are making these um, tools of the war into tools of the um, cultivations so these these weapons will become these um, farming instruments So farming, farming is not a simple thing, right? They, so here is describing this, this um, system of farming. And in the world, there are lots of methods of farming. But, but the main thing is that to have the nutrients of the ground and the light to exist in order to grow a plant. But what does that mean? Heaven, heaven and earth. Who created it, and who is raining from from heaven and make the soil um, soil great by God? So farming it means that we will meet the age that we will be satisfied by by receiving only things that is given by God. In, in verse four, everyone will sit under their own vine and under their own fig tree, and no one will make them afraid, for the Lord Almighty has spoken. So Babylon, the Babylon system, what do they do? They, 
they will hook to our greed in our heart and they will open our gate of our heart and um, legally they will they will work with our old self and if you live through your old self just as you know um, it's, it's not like he's, he's a bad character no if you keep grow this method in you and if you keep strengthen the old self what happens it will bring a war in you I have never experienced war but but those of you who have experienced the war knows how devastating it is how fearful it is and how unlawful it is and where does it begin it does not begin from those special evil people in the world no from our old self and this old self, what's the characteristic of the old self? It's greedy and it's selfish. And we are keep talking about the selfishness and self-centeredness. We are not saying, we are not saying, oh, you need to be emptied. You should not be selfish. No, we are not talking about these philosophical things. But when you're living in a selfish way, what happens? First, you cannot receive kingdom of God. You will, be, you will be ended in a life that is completely different from God. But what is kingdom of God? Kingdom of God that who gives up on themselves. So interceding, intercession. You don't come to intercession in order to make something out of you. No, you come to devote yourself, right? Of course, we have a joy of eating this army ration or snacks, <laughs> but you don't, it's not your purpose coming to the intercession, right? You don't come to intercession to gain something. Why are we worshiping? Of course, we are receiving grace, but, but this is not our, our purpose. We don't come to worship to, to gain something. Of course, we, we give tithe and we offer uh, money to the Lord, but this is not for our, our benefit for in, in like tax or something. No, we are uh, vowing to the Lord that we are sacrificing ourselves. We are devoting ourselves to the Lord. But in the world, it's completely different. People even take away and, and steal from others. Why? Because they're selfish. On the other hand, so, so if you can get rid of your selfishness, then you will be able to live according to the glory of kingdom of God. And sometimes I go to these these um, oh, this laundry laundry house, and and I go to that that laundry place, and when I um, <laughs> and when when laundry is done they send me the message they send me the message and on the message and when they send the message it is written that oh your precious um clothes are in in store please come and pick it up and people forget a lot picking those things up right and a few days ago i received a message and the message is written before that, before that, they said um, the space is limited. Please help. But the the, the shopkeeper probably got mad. <laughs> he said, he said, your precious clothing might get wrinkled. So come. <laughs> and I was I was alert and thinking, oh, 
it is difficult to straighten the wrinkled shirt and and that's that's when I realized oh this is all selfishness people do not pick those clothes up when when they say um your your precious clothing is waiting they they do not pick that up but but when you say your precious clothing will be wrinkled then people will, will be alert and they will say oh how how dare you wrinkle my clothes and they will go and pick them up but the world is all manipulated by the greed, this market system, this money. So you need to make the products well. You need to make cell phones in a new, brand new model every single year. You need to make new things. It's endless. Why? Because the selfishness and the greed of the people are, are stimulated by those things. But unlike this world, the kingdom of God, the, the nation that is ruled by Messiah, is not the land or the nation that is ruled by the selfishness. They will sit under their fig tree and their olive tree. Of course, those of you who, who likes meat <laughs> would not be satisfied by that. But, but in the millionaire kingdom, I don't know whether we can uh, intake the proteins through, through figs or something like that. Of course, of course, to sit under the fig tree, under the vine, you might think like that. Because everyone, everyone will be satisfied by their own vine and own fig tree, so you don't have to steal others. For example, in my family, we have five people. And in uh, in other family they might need 10 10 trees and what i what i'm trying to say is that the same fairness same fairness or same equal would not be applied to the millennial kingdom but in the kingdom You will realize that, oh, what God has given to me is enough, and you will not covet others. And when we experience God's grace on this earth, what do we experience? We experience uh, on this earth, one of the things that we feel difficult is our comparison with one another. And on this earth, you suffer from this poverty, um, this lack of something, and thinking that you are not good enough than others. But what you ex when you experience the Lord on this earth, or what you what what you realize that you can be thankful even through pain and suffering. Why? Because God is always giving us the best. And Pastor Kim has been doing this inner healing, and in in the church we have done many things. And what do we learn from that? Is the the thing that God is giving us the best. He's not like brainwashing us and making us think that, hey, Chongchan, you don't have to possess anything. You are, <laughs> you are the best good-looking person. No, no. <laughs> it's not like that. But it's like this. But God, how old is you? How old are you, Chongchan? Thirty-two. He's thirty-two. <laughs> But anyways, it's not like that. When, when God meets me, what does he say? I will make you rich. No, 
he says, you are my child. For example, I will make your life glorious and through you, I will show myself through you. Of course, there are, are variations of the word that we heard from the Lord, but, but in what kind of family I grew, how do I look, through that, through that 100%, He can fulfill all His plan through, through what we have right now. So, so we realize, oh, God is good. And all this time that I hurt, uh, chose this hurt and um, pain is all by the delusion. Whether it's fig tree, whether it's vine, whether it has 50 um, uh, uh, fruits, it, we realize that it's all best for us. This is a complete rule of Israelites in the wilderness, right? Through manna, um, everyone will be satisfied at its own. Why? Because God's best is always upon them. So what kind of kingdom is that kingdom? Um, the fear is disappeared. There's no one who will take away others and they will not be feared by the ones who will take away from them. In this earth, we are always worried about these thieves, right? We have these different um, security systems, right? And in, in NSIP, there's a student who always tells others about this password of their, their house. And my daughter came and, Dad, I don't know why he is keep telling others about the password. And I realized, oh, this student is practicing the way of life in Millennial Kingdom. And on that day, on that day, you don't have to be afraid of protecting protecting oneself. You are curious of who that is. He's he's Judah. <laughs> he's Judah. <laughs> but anyways, that's how we, we will leave. There's no fear. Everyone will be in God's best. Everyone will be able to enjoy God's best. And how will they leave? They will daily go before throne of throne of grace, and they will see Jesus' face. We are going into this dark room where this light of the world is, is being blocked. And in other words, if you do not see God's kingdom right now, if you are not yearning and desiring His kingdom, and if you are not practically feeling His, His kingdom right now, it's firstly, you have problem in your faith, and secondly, you have problem in your function of the spirit, which is um, um, intelligence, emotion, and will. That's why you are being blind that you cannot see His eternal kingdom. So always, daily, when you go before Him, you need to block the light of the world and when you wash your eyes, you will be able to see His face clearly. His kingdom will be practically um, acknowledged by you. You will sense Him, you will uh, feel Him practically. A few days ago, because my wife is not present, Mm -hmm. 
you know, I'm I'm living well, so don't feel so pity for me. But because people, lots of people came to me to uh, share food, I feel so comforted. But a few days ago, I was washing dishes. I was washing the dishes, and. I have this one um, water bottle that I always carry the coffee. I used to use it for two years. But you know, every time I try to drink the coffee uh, out of that water bottle, I even though it's the coffee that I, I brought five minutes ago from, from house, and when I was washing the dishes, I saw inside of the water bottle, I saw the stains. And I thought to myself, oh, I need to wash those away. And I looked up on the online to search how to wash the water bottle. And in order to wash the water bottle well, you have to pour this um, baking powder and baking soda and to pour hot water. And I was surprised that the dark stains were surfaced. And I realized, oh, I've been drinking these things all, all this time. <laughs> and I realized. And after I cleansed that water bottle, and after that, I was able to <laughs> drink the coffee better. What I'm trying to say is that when my news is polluted with the stains of the world, no matter how much you pour this fresh coffee into your news, you cannot taste the fresh taste just because you are keep receiving this information, hurts and unfairness of the world in your news. So if you do not wash those away, uh, no matter how much of a grace you receive, you cannot taste his grace as a real. But those who are keep washing their spirit, keep washing um, their clothes, can go before the throne of grace. And his light will be shined to him and the stains will be surfaced and you will be able to see, oh, this is what is keep polluting me. I thought this is myself who has been making me suffering, but, but this is all the hooks of the enemies and these attacks of the world. Then, then you become able to repent and if it's necessary, you, you have spiritual warfare with the enemies. So if our news is clean, God will show his kingdom every day. And this is a kingdom that those who are yearning and desiring will, will enter. So on this earth, it's like practicing ground. And our main, main stage is millennial kingdom and the new earth and new heaven. Main stage begins there. But the world does not say that. They say, oh, this earth is everything. So if you do not enjoy on this earth, then you will, be, uh, you will feel unfair. You have to show, um, shout your fame out loud. You have to ride that car because that person is riding that car too. You have to taste that food. And, and the enemies keep deceiving us. But it's all, all practicing ground. <laughs> And, and through your life, you realize, right? No matter what kind of good food you have, no matter what kind of things you enjoy on this earth, it's meaningless. And as long as if you, as long as you cannot enter into the millennial kingdom as a royal priest, then 
what 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 would that mean? And those of you who served the army would understand my story. 19 years ago, 19 years ago, when I first entered into these, uh, entered into army, this training um, ground. And these, these people give you the uniform and you have to be changed into this army uniform and it make you talk, speak into different language. So in Korean army, you have to use certain um, way, way of talking. But anyways, from the way of eating, <laughs> when I talk about these things, people would think uh, that pastor, <laughs> that pastor went through a difficult time during the army. But but actually, I had a very um, good army life. But anyways. And when you go to army, you have to do everything through this army style. But you need to be trained well in those training um, weeks in order to become a good soldier. But if you fail to prepare well during those training sessions, you will not get used to, to those army uh, life. But anyways, the life on this earth is like that. In the millennial kingdom, to become the royal priest, um, you are practicing that life. And what, what do you do? You are not saying, oh, I will do better when, when I get to get there. But from this earth, you are being completely ruled by him. You are keep being trained by him in order to show him without any limit. God is making us and God is training us like that. So on this earth, on this earth, so on this earth, when we are obeying to him and struggling, uh, struggling so hard to live according to his will, it's not a losing, it's not a, a loss for us. In order to gain eternal things uh, by by offering uh, these um, meaning meaningless uh, limited things on this earth. So and Paul Paul says, if we do not have resurrection, we are the most poor people on this earth. But what did Paul say? No. There is resurrection, and there is his eternal kingdom. And this eternal being will come and rule. He will avenge everything, and his glorious rule will come. That's the reason why I will live like this. It's not Paul is so foolish that he likes to devote, he likes to sacrifice so much that he lived like that. He is a very wise person. And because he was so wise, he knew how to live um, live and invest for his eternal life by these limited resources on this earth. And who are the Christians? They are the most wise people. By sacrificing these limited resources to gain eternal things. Let's bless one another. You are a wise person. You are a wise person. 
You're a wise person. So, on verse 5, appears the people, people of Messiah. How would they live? All the nations may walk in their names of their gods, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. And relying, relying on Him, without cause and effect, He exists, and we're relying on Him. This is our, our identity. This is our job. In other words, in Garden of Eden, this is how God purposed um, the life of people to be when He created the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve. To return to our, our identity is the image of Millennial Kingdom. And this is how we were created, but God will restore all, all our um, distorted image in us so that we will be able to live like that. But here, it says, all the nations may walk in the name of their gods. What does that mean? The more their desire is alive, the desire will be gods to them, and the desire will rule over you. In other words, You think that you are, um, you are having this desire to uh, have your life be motivated, but in fact, the, these desires and greed are ruling over you. And through these, these conferences, what God is showing through us and in us is the spirit of religion. And when we hear about spirit of religion, we might think that um, it's being hypocritic, but, but just like that, it's like a mask. You can hide everything through that mask, right? You can still come to the church calling yourself child of God, but the more you are getting rid of your greed inside of you, you are inevitable to live by the spirit of religion. And two weeks ago, when Pastor Kim, before Pastor Kim left the church, before he left the church, he asked the, the associate pastors, do I look like a pastor? And he was wearing these very comfortable clothes. And he says, I don't want to I don't want to be look look like a pastor because spirit of religion will come. And I thought to myself <laughs> he doesn't look like a CEO of a of a of a great uh -huh enterprise but he just looks like a normal person he was wearing this this comfortable clothes just this comfortable jacket he did not have any image of of spirit religion but what i'm trying to say is that through my look and through my um uh, this outer appearance the spirit of religion is making you to disguise And you can still cover yourself and hide yourself through spirit of religion and, and deceiving yourself and thinking, oh, I'm doing well even though you are rotting in yourself. Rotting in yourself. So the spirit of religion might seem okay because you are praying and I'm praying, you are worshiping, I'm worshiping, but, but in fact, this is completely different thing from the spirit. You ha have you ever heard of thing Maronier? Maronier. Uh, 
Maroni is is a kind of a tree. I don't know what that is, but when I went to Europe, there were lots of these Maroni tree. When it's bearing its fruit, uh, it, it, the the fruit of that tree looks like a chestnut or a walnut. It makes you think that you want to um, cook that. And actually, people from Asia went to Europe, um, actually cooked those Maronia fruits. It looks so similar to chestnut, but but it caused you a stomach ache. What I'm trying to say is that your outer appearance might seem so similar that your spirit religion might do that. And in your um, appearance, you live the same, but but inside of you, the spirit religion is keep making you uh, deceive yourself. And this fruit is completely different from the chestnut, of course, although it has similar appearance. Just like the living, living by the spirit of religion is completely different from living by the spirit of the Lord. When you live by the spirit of religion, what works in you, the morality, the world, and, make, and it makes you still think that you are doing well. You draw the world to draw greed. You draw immorality, draw to people. But conversely, if you live by the Holy Spirit, of course, uh, you might not have you might not have a distinct different in your outer appearance, but without without immoral immorality, you have this devotion and sacrifices. And God, when God enters into deeper part in our in our heart in this new season, what does He do? He would um, make us. He would take off all this spirit of religion from us. And he will make us live only by the Holy Spirit. And all this time that we live through our desire and he make us live only to walk in the name of the Lord who, who exists forever. And he sent us to Central and South America. And one of the main reasons is that and the system, everything is so corrupted over there. And the main reason is that Babylon is Babylon who manipulate them. Before that, they used to have this great culture of Maya, Aztec, and and later then they had these um, uh, colonialism who made them slaves. But ironically, God's salvation comes from from the place where the enemies uh, claim their victory, the place they have been um, enslaved by Babylon, what do they? What does God proclaim? His jubilee, His grace, and through them, what makes them proclaim? He makes them proclaim the rule of God. All this time, they have been deceived by the great prostitute. To the churches who were deceived, what? What do they proclaim right now? They are proclaiming the day of vengeance of the Lord.
and the place where these enemies has been proclaiming the victory. God makes us to proclaim our victory. And we will be able to see how cruel they have been until now and the scars of the enemies. And, and we will witness and experience this great work of victory that God will allow to us. We will retrieve the things that, that the enemy has taken away from us and not the greed of the religion, all the limited things, but instead he is making us and he's guiding us to live completely by his kingdom. Amen. And through this victory, I want you, I bless you to receive the spoils of war, spoils of war um, abundantly. Costa Rica in Babylonian standard may look little better than Honduras, but Honduras seems so poor and they are receiving lots of attacks. When, but when you go to Honduras, you are key, uh, you are so oppressed and you feel powerless. But God will make us victorious and all this system and all this flow of Babylon, God will um, untie all these bindings and God will lead us to the glory. Before this, before this, it seems so abstract, it seems so vague to us to be ruled by Him, to live only by Him, that He's drawing near and His kingdom is keep coming. But now we will see clearer than anyone that his kingdom will come and we'll be able to witness this to others too. So, so, so to those who are walking in his name, God will be with them and he will rule uh, in the midst of them as a great high priest. <laughs> Uh, not only our adults, but to all the little children here, let us all meet there. Let us all meet there and um, receive his training, receive his teachings, and let's all eat the fruits together. Let us all enjoy that kingdom. And plus, in our church, when we come to Yolbang Church, what do you feel? You feel the millionaire kingdom, right? All the people do not act according to their greed and their selfishness, but... When you are in Yelbang Church, you, you sense that people are under God's rule. So that through Yelbang Church, the rule of God through His righteousness, justice, we should be able to experience this. In Yelbang Church, we will be the church that we will be free from rule of Babylon. Aren't you guys desiring this? Isn't this desirable? In this new season of revival, God is building this, creating this in us. One of the moments that I felt that this is the church of God is that I realized that, oh, in this church, what people search, what people pursue in the world is meaningless in this church. But this is a place that rule of the word of God is present. And this church is keep saying the standard of God. This is not worldly church. This is not built. This is not a church that is built to satisfy the world. And we all have these kind of testimonies. And we are all uh, witnessing, right? Are, is there any of you who are here who are here in order to make your business wealthy? No. 
If God does not exist among us, we are the most poor people in the world. No. Hey, you children, you guys are not the poor children because you don't have cell phone, you don't, you don't enjoy the things in the world. No. Because you have kingdom of God, you are not poor people. You have, you have kingdom of God. Amen? Let's go to verse 6 in the second section. And before kingdom of before um, millennial kingdom comes, what does God do? He gathers the remnants from verse six to eight. In order to prepare His complete rule, He is gathering His remnants, and the remnants are the ones who are welcoming His rule. He are gathering these people who are welcoming the rule, just like these these example of Korea to chosen Korea dynasty to chosen dynasty. Um, at the end of Korea dynasty, there was this flow of people or this tendency of people who are preparing for this new kingdom. And this flow continued and when it became the mainstream, the kingdom of Joseon was um, surfaced. And it's the same. It's the same. Why is God, why is God um, establishing his kingdom on this earth? Because he wants to gather his remnants who are desiring his kingdom to come. In verse 6, In that day, declares the Lord, I will gather the lame, I will assemble the exiles, the exiles and those I have brought to grief. I will make the lame my remnant, those driven away a strong nation. The Lord will rule over them in Mount Zion from that day and forever. Here appears the people who are being called remnants. And, and lame, the exile, those who are in grief. And these are not so desirable um, words, right? But God is gathering these kind of people. But it does not mean if you if you live poor, are you automatically a remnant? No. But what's the common characteristic of these people? Is that they cannot live without relying on God. So that's that's why God has called them. And in other words, those who are called by God will become the people who cannot live without relying on God. And there are lots of people in our church who are like that. Um, after you are being called by God, um, it will be great that if you are prosperous and if you are abundant in the world, but, but in, in fact, you are not um, being so well in the world. But when you are called by God, you, it is confirmation of the remnant that you cannot live without relying on God. Let's look around and see whether that person has, has this confirmation, the stigma of God, stigma of remnants to that person. We are all like that, right? Let's bless one another. You have the stigma of remnant in you. In the world, it's a shameful thing. People say it's a failure, but the kingdom of God is a glorious thing. Oh, God has called me and God has acknowledged me. God has called me and God has called me as he's belonging. That's the reason why I'm suffering and in this tribulation I'm enduring. How glorious is that? And in, even in the world, if you um, sacrifice a little bit for other person, people will praise you. But, but the reason why you're suffering and, and the reason why you're in tribulation is for his glory. How glorious is that? 
So the remnants are the ones who can only rely on him. But why? Why are they only relying on him? Because they are resisting the, the flow of Babylon. In other words, they are resisting to live in, in Babylon's rule. That's the reason why they can only rely on God. They reject it. They refuse the mainstream of Babylon. In verse 6, in that day, in that day, before the millennial kingdom, in the end time, for the lame, the lame who cannot live without this walking stick. And Jacob shows the, the most distinct characteristic of, of the lame. After wrestling with the angel of the Lord, he became lame. And Jacob completely changed um, from, from the moment. Before that, he was such a, um, uh, what's it called, um, very so-called smart person in the world. But after that, he was a very cunning person. But after that, he cannot live by his, his own uh, intelligence or own plan. But, but because he had God's promise after that, yeah, so in the Bible, there appears lots of words that says, God of Jacob, God of Jacob. Because Jacob received lots of promise. So whenever something great has happened to Jacob, it's not because Jacob was smart. Jacob raised his own strength, but, but because he had God's promise. So the, the lame must rely upon these walking sticks. It means that you need to follow where this walking stick leads you. Not the walking stick that you carry around in order to protect yourself. But you need to completely rely on your walking stick and you need to follow where this walking stick is leading you that's the lame that's the characteristic of the lame in galatians you are walking by the spirit you're led by the spirit you're keeping step with the spirit that's the characteristic of the lame when i'm relying on something for example lord i chose to do this business i need this and that and making all these plans, that's not relying. And in fact, we make lots of mistakes like that. If my will is completely alive like that, even though I say I rely on God and I come here to pray, but you are praying only to say things that you want. But relying on God is that you are following where this walking stick is leading you. He needs to go before you. He needs to go with you. If you... Do not live with him. You cannot live. That's the lame. From the very beginning and the motivation, you are set your life to him. So you are living with him. You are walking with him. You are keeping in step with him. If he stops, I stop. If he goes, I go. In that status, what does it say? When you go through the water, the water cannot harm you, nor the fire. No one can touch you. Why? Because He is with you. He is go He's going before you. And He is going before you. How comfortable is that? 
there are some of our students who are taking this um, this ex exam. God will go before you, and God will send the angels to surround the place. So don't be afraid that you will not be shaken when you go there. I made an example of an exam, but but in our life, it's all the same. He will go before us. He will go before us. He will push us behind us so that we will be brave. We will not be fearful. So even though you don't see anything on your eyes, as a result, you don't, you don't feel worried. So this is status that all our senses are fixed to him. And just like First John, we are keep having a relationship with him, listening to his voice, receiving his will, feeling the things that he is feeling, even though I'm awake, even though I'm asleep, all this moment acknowledging him, living with him. Then what happens? You are you will look like him. And through me his power will seen will be seen. Through me, God's wisdom will be shown. It's the same. He will go before me. He will he will do. And in in these in this way what happens? My old self will die, my new self will will prosper. My greed will die and and the image of God God gave us will be shown. Then then what kind of confession can you say in first Corinthians when I'm weak I am strong? The confession you will say that when I'm weak, I am strong. Even though I'm a lame, even though I'm the lame, I cannot begin anything. God will show himself. He will work for me. His strength, how strong is he? He's incomparable to anything on this earth. And when he's, he's walk, working for me, how great is that? It is in a different scale, different dimension. So when you choose him, he will live my life. He will fulfill his promise in my life. So in that day, in that day before the millennial kingdom, who is, who is being gathered by God? The lame. We are all the lame, right? If you are not the lame, God will make you too lame to, to, be, called, to be lame. And... But that's God's blessing, right? If you are just being alive and if you are just, just raising your own strength, you will be broken in the world. But if you lay down your own, own strength and be lame willingly, then God will make you live according to Him. Second, um, the exile. It means that you are refused. It means that you are kicked away. By whom? By Babylon. You might think like that. Oh, well, then you might feel unfair. You feel shameful. No. You are not being bullied. But, but because this world cannot, um, cannot hold us, it refused to have us in, in them. Because they cannot handle us, they refuse us. But in many ways, uh, we are being deceived. We fail to, 
<laughs> we fail to go into this royal royal class. <laughs> and we, we feel deceived to thinking that if I if I don't um, succeed in this world, uh, I, I am a failure. No. You don't live with this shame. But, but enemies use these feelings a lot, making us think, oh, you don't have this, you don't have that. And many days ago, many days ago, I watched this video that our NCIP students made. They were this young. And in the video, you guys might remember, and one of things that uh, one of things that, that they talk about is the cell phone. The main thing was the cell phone. They went to play football, and because they don't have cell phone, they were bullied by the kids in the world. And as I was watching the video, I felt two things: oh, our children are being raised as remnants, and second thing is that oh, uh, because you don't have things and being sad because of that is not something that God wants from you. And, and this is all deceit, deceit by the enemy. But say, just like Daniel, whether, whether he should eat this great food of the king, he is in this crucial moment. He, he needs to choose whether he would compromise to the enemies or not. He, he chose God. But but if you were grow if you were grown if you were grown with these cell phones would they be able to choose God what what am i saying is that they are not free from the world but because you guys you students of ensep are being separated from the world you are you have the strength to choose between God and Babylon whether will you enter into this damnation of the world People know the faith, but they cannot choose it. And in the world, you might have this kind of experience, like you don't want to do this, but you cannot help from doing that, right? It's because of your old self. Because of your old self being strengthened so much, you cannot resist it. But people make us look like we are being exiled from the world. But, but God rather gave you this freedom so that we can choose between the world and God and think and, and to choose between them and say, Lord, I will choose you, not being dragged by, by, by the world and instead refuse the mainstream of the world. So, so this world... We are not being kicked out from, from this world. We are not being minority. We are the ones who cannot be handled by this world. Because the world cannot handle us, they say, oh, I don't want to hang out with you. So in, when, when we were young, when we used to do bad things you know, with these children, when, when you, one of your friends have a very a scary father, uh, you would just let him go back to his house because they don't want to be, be rebuked by his father. But anyways, 
In the early days of the churches, the Roman Empire persecuted church a lot. But in a very um, reasonable and logical ways, it is, it is kind of weird that, that the Roman empires to persecute the churches because they are small in numbers and they welcome all the other, other religions. But why did Roman Empire uh, persecute the churches? Because the way of life, the way of rule they had in the early church was completely against, against the mainstream of this rule of the Roman Empire. What does that mean? Allowing the rule of Babylon is this selfishness, this greed. But the early church members who were born again through Jesus Christ, who received the Holy Spirit, how did they live? Who is the God that they served? Is the ones who gave his own life in order to save his people. And who are these people who are believing in, in this God? The ones who will not spare their own life in order to serve Jesus. Not by their own greed, own selfishness, but instead they have their sacrifice, they have their uh, devotion. So that's the reason why they cannot be handled by Roman Empire. When they refused, when they refused this, um, this uh, emperor worshipping, not, not only they said, oh, I don't want to um, join the ceremony, but, but also they are confessing that I don't want to be under your rule. And even the Babylon understood that this church had the most critical um, and crucial beliefs that are against the Babylon. And even Jesus came in this flow of, of the remnants. And who are the exiles? The exiles are the ones who are kicked out, who are sent away, who are exiled from Babylon because they are, um, they are, they are given the decree of, of the king of the heaven. Look one another. They are very um, crucial beings. God is keep changing us, right? He keep making us get out of our own selfishness. He's making us to repent. He's making us to... Um, give up upon ourselves. It's not making us to become just a little better person. And God is making us the revolutionist in this world, Babylon. So that's the reason why Babylon wants to get rid of us. Uh, we can say that Let's say if you nail something in a wood, then it will eventually make the wood to um, be split into two, right? Just like that, our remnants, we are small, but through the church, God will bring the judgment to Babylon. We are so important like that. Let's bless one another. You are a very dangerous person. <laughs> you are a dangerous person. You are not dangerous to one another, but you are dangerous to Babylon. Those who are living by the order of kingdom of God are very crucial and dangerous to the world. A few days ago, I watched the news from BBC in Nepal. In Nepal, the persecution of the religion is growing more and more. And they are interviewing these Korean um, missionaries. 
and they were mosaic and and the reason why that is possible and one of the governors said the Christians are, are threatening us because they are threatening our traditions and customs and because because they are making these plans to shake our church that's the reason why we are making these laws to persecute them and these enemies know enemies understand when the remnants are, are raised it's not like one single organization of religion is um, reason they know what kind of revolution will take place so 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 all these enemies who are trying to devour the remnants will be under God's judgment. So our result is victory. So the reason why these enemies is keep uproaring is because they know that they are under this judgment. Lastly, um, the those I have brought to grief. And those who receive the truth, and people say, "Well, you can go easier. You can do better, and just just bribe them." But the the remnants who are under God's rule, they cannot live like that. Why? Be because you're you're a good person? No, because you're ruled by God. I cannot sell my uh, my dignity to, in order to just make little more money. The world do, do not understand. But this this tribulation is something that will bring greater, greater glory to us so to until this ultimate victory God is preparing full course to us in other words we will never die due to this tribulation what did Jesus say I have overcome the world I have overcome the world of course before you, you see the tribulation, but at the end, at the end, God will lead those people to the victory. In the Beatitudes, blessed are those who are uh, persecuted for the righteousness. The kingdom of God is theirs. It means that kingdom of God will be revealed through you. All this abundance, all this prosperity will be revealed, will be revealed through you, through your persecution. So, so this tribulation will never harm you and through this process of tribulation this authority of the king which is Jesus Christ through the church will be confirmed and it will be proved in 1st Corinthians he was ashamed and he was under persecution but how did God make Jesus he was put over all the other names above all the other names and he made all the enemies to bow before him and the tribulation that is given by God and we are not um, being persecuted by the world but we are given the tribulation through God by God so if you are a remnant this is a must um, you must be shown this tribulation as child of God.
This is something that is inevitable. This is not something you should uh, avoid. If you keep avoid this and that, if you say, I cannot do that, that, then what happens? There's nothing you can do. So in the army, when you go to army, there are lots of things that people make you to do that is out of your knowledge. And in Korea, many people say, enjoy if you cannot avoid it. But in the army, many people say, um, if you cannot do, then make it, make it uh, possible. If it's, if it's impossible, make it possible, something like that. But the world says like that. And they, they try to persuade you, hey, why are you keep doing like that? Um, if, you, if you cannot enjoy it, then avoid. But the tribulation that God gives is not like that. It will make us reach to, to the hope at the end. So this tribulation will never harm us. It will never devour us. Even it seems so great, but God will eventually make us go through that. So we are not powerless being through this tribulation, but, but just like 4-7, He will make us a strong nation. What is a strong nation? It's nation of the Lord. That He is a king. Because He is a king, the nation is strong. In a family, in a family if you have a strong father, these little children will say, Hey, I will go to my father and say this. Just like that, a strong nation that God Himself is a king, and we wish we are willingly to become his people we will be a strong nation especially to the central and south america god has this will and practically there are lots of blame many people who are exiled who are persecuted by catholics who are persecuted and God gathered these kind of people in Central and South America, in Costa Rica, in Honduras. Why did God gather these people? Because they are pity? No. No. All this shame will be avenged by God. Not because who they are, but because He Himself, Lord Himself, will be their kings. And He will hear the agony, agony and the cry of their tears and He will come personally and to bring these vengeance and he will show his um, justice and righteousness and these nations a strong nation is established and the remnants are established what happens what's his purpose the true king jesus will will come so we are preparing his way So when the airplane is landing, you have these guiding, guiding lights, right? Just like that, we are, we are shining this light in order for Jesus to return. And just like um, John, John the prophet, he, 
we are proclaiming that our kingdom of God is near. And just like this Greek um, soldier who ran uh, 42 kilometers to, to deliver the message of victory, we are, we are sending this message to all the remnants. Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way. And the remnants will know why we should prepare the way of the Lord. So as remnants, as remnants, yearning and desire for this coming of the Lord will hear these news and they will realize, Oh, God has answered my prayer. God has not turned his face away from me and his rule will completely be shown on this earth. And they will practice, they will prepare this um, purity and this holiness and they will welcome his kingdom. And when the remnants will arise and this identification will be clear. And there are not many of there are none of you who who are saying, Lord, come slower, come slower, I'm not ready. Of course, sometimes you might have this kind of heart when you look at yourself. But when this time is coming, you cannot be like that. And as you welcome, welcome the kingdom, no matter how you look, just like um, um, Bartholomew threw, threw away his clothing and, and uh, ran after Jesus. And God will gather these people. Sephaniah uh, 3.19 I will punish all those who made you suffer. I will gather, gather those who are exiled. I will make them uh, fame and glory from all the world. Fame and Fame and praise, Pr praise and fame that is only allowed to the king. And when this kingdom comes, what happens? To each one of you, God will give you praise and fame. And we all know, right? When we are in despair, when we are in suffering, when we are helpless, when God tells us just one thing, then everything is losing, right? Even though the situation is not changed, with this one word of his comfort, with this one praising of him, no matter, doesn't matter how much the world is ignoring me, we, we have this experience of God comforting me in, in any circumstances. But on that day, in that day, God will give us fame and praise. He will bring the table before our enemies. Verse, verse 8 As for you, watchtower of the flock, stronghold of daughter Zion, the formal dominion will be restored to you. Kingship will come to daughter of Jerusalem. This is all about the remnants. And here, dominion, dominion, memshallah. The word Memshallah, it, it not only means the dominion, but it's also uh, referring to the word rule. Rule of South Korea? US? No. He entrusts the rule of his kingdom, kingdom of God. 
So in um, in First Timothy, what does it say? We have these chosen angels of the church, and you are being like that. And the glory that you have is nothing else but but to show this rule and authority and dominion of God's kingdom. And when God entrusts us something, He gives us power and authority too. And that's kingdom of God. When, when President of U.S. is moving, the president of US is moving you will inform that country beforehand right <laughs> Air Force One will be moved there's not only one Air Force One right because because um, that air, airplane can be targeted and there are numbers of the cars that the the president will ride but anyways when Air Force One is is flying it will carry all these um, army together with him why because he has the authority to uh, to rule and command all these these um, force of the nations and just like that, how is God making us strong, brave, and wise? Through the memsharlah of, of God's kingdom. Even though we cannot see, um, angels will move. And without the allowance of the Lord, they cannot touch us. Believe in this. When we fight into this spiritual warfare, do not, do not, worry whether you will be victorious or not but because we are using the authority of the Lord we will always be victorious but if you fail to believe in that you will get a loss and because God's um, kingdom and authority is with us our victory is planned and it is it is already determined decided so 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 lastly from verse 9 to chapter 5 verse 1 how how would the remnants uh, fight and be victorious will are appear here verse 9 and 10 appears that the the remnants will experience the labor why do you now cry aloud? Have you no king? Has your ruler perished that pain seizes you like that of woman in labor? Ride in agony, daughter Zion, like a woman in labor, for now you must leave the city to camp in the open field. You will go to Babylon, there you will be rescued. There the Lord will redeem you out of the hand of your enemies. And here the pain and labor is paired And many people are giving birth in our church.
So anyways, pain and labor is expressed in one package. So the pain will come if you are living as a remnant. I talked about the stigma. If you are a remnant and you still think that, oh, the world is a good place to live well, happy life, then it's a, it's a wrong thing that you are, you are living in a wrong, wrong world. Of course, you should have peace that God gives, but at the same time, you should have this pain against the world. When you, when you see the world and not feel pain, how the world is suffering, then it means that your spirit is dying. If you still think that world is something that is hopeful, then it means that your spirit is dying. If you are a remnant, you will feel the peace of Jesus and the pain at the same time. This is the pain of a labor. Is there any of you who gave birth to a child without any pain? And, and it is thankful that my wife gave birth to second and third child um, within 30 minutes. But, but this pain of labor is not a simple pain, but it's all, it, it includes all the process of giving, bearing our life. And it's like kingdom of God will come, but it has not come yet. So yearning and desire, looking at the creation, and that's how painful it is. In Ecuador, there was a strong earthquake and Peru, there was an earthquake. This is a sign of God's kingdom that the creation is in pain. It's not different. There's all the pain and the, the shouting of creation. They are in pain. Waiting for what? Waiting for the perfect rule of God. Waiting for His second coming. We are also in pain, right? We are all uh, in pain. And who, who else is in pain? Holy Spirit, who is interceding for us in us. For what? In order for the life to be revealed. In Romans ex expression, the, the sons of God to reach the glory, reach the glory. In order to reveal these, this church of the remnants, these creations are, are in agony. So it's like, uh, it's like, um, oh, I don't know what it's called, but to, to get the, the crops, to dividing the crops into, into the, to separate the crops into, um, from, from the, what's it called, the shells from the, the crops, but anyways, <sighs> But the remnants who are called as the first fruit of the of the Holy Spirit, they are um, in agony because because they are desiring for the kingdom of God because they have seen the glory of of God. 
because they are waiting for the king. They they are desiring. It's not. It's not like you are. You are in agony, thinking, "Oh, I don't want to intercede anymore. I don't want to attend the worship for so long." No. God, you surely gave me the promise. I know how glorious it is. I want. I want to see these being um, rebuilt completely. The image of God is in pain. Lord, please come soon and rule. You should have this kind of agony. Because you know the glory of God, you cannot satisfy in this earth, thinking, oh, it's, it's quite livable in this world. Of course, we are keep giving birth to the babies, but still you need to, you need to um, put the best in your life, even though the the world will end tomorrow. But through this process, this agony is not, not stopping. This is not humanly emotion, but this is spiritual um, instinct. Lord, I want these, these um, amount to be filled. And Lord, please. Lord, I desire this kind of yearning would arise in me. But, but on the other hand, if you are polluted by spirit of religion, you will not be able to desire this. Whether it's world, whether it's greed, you will live your own world. But if you take this off and if you receive the Holy Spirit, if you see what kingdom of God is, then you will be able to be in agony. In verse 10, um, so Korean translation is different. Korean translation is give birth, but there's no word. But anyways, uh, but a life is worth giving birth, right? For now, you must leave the city, city of religion, city of Jerusalem. And where, do, where should they live? They should um, dwell in the camp, in the open field, where, where they could only rely on God. And people call Yolbang Church to wilderness. And we cannot satisfy and we cannot stay. This is not a place to, to, to stay. And we can only stay in this eternal kingdom. Why? Because God's perfect rule is present. And at the end, they will be redeemed in Babylon. And practically, South Judah and Babylon, and Babylon means that all, all humanly hoping dis disappear. And the world, that in the world, in the world, people are striving so much in order to make this world better. But even after 10, 20 years, the world will not become better. It's all a lie. It will not happen. The world. Just like South Judah is being devoured by Babylon, this world will enter into greater darkness. But what happens there? 
There you will be rescued. There the Lord will redeem you. In all this darkness, through the remnants, God will surely bring the um, work of the rem um, salvation through the remnants. What is it? It's jubilee, year of jubilee. You will enjoy the grace, the freedom, and the authority of king will be returned to you. You used to be a slave, but but now God will do what God will do. God will make you return to the glory of a king, the original image that he has given to you from the beginning. This is the grace, um, year of grace and day of vengeance. And that day is near. That day is near. When God will cut off all these hooks and chains, all this glory that he intended from the beginning of the world will be shown through you. So through all this time, God will give you the salvation and God will show his kingly authority. And what is this new season? It's a season that the world will getting darker, but this is a season of victory to the remnants. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid and think, oh, the world will become worse and worse and the economy will be worse. No, do not be afraid. They will never harm the, the remnants. It's not spoken by Pastor Kim or any scholars, but... But, but the prophet of God said that, that that's a place of victory, place of salvation. Our victorious season is near. Even though the world is shouting, even the world is breaking, this is a sign of victory. So lastly, verse 11 and 12, what does it say? Here appears a plan of the enemies toward the remnants. So the, the enemy will keep, keep work. And what's their characteristic too? They will, they will also gather. And these enemies will also gather. Why? In order to attack the remnants. And Pastor Kim said this. About ten from from about ten years ago, these regional authorities have gathered together, and even now we have Russia and Ukraine um, war is taking place. These enemies are gathering, right? So, so whatever happens on this earth, it will be global. And this one cucumber. Cucumber became so expensive. Why? Because of this Russian-Ukraine war in the mart. That's the reason why the gas became more expensive. And it's a global thing. But, but when the enemies are attacking us, they, they, what they want to do is not to make us unable to eat this cucumber but but to pollute us but to spoil us in verse 11 but now many nations are gathered against you they say let her be defiled let our eyes gloat over zion ultimately they are not taking us our health not our money but they want to defile us defiling 
It does not mean defiling of the flesh, but they want to take away the holiness from us. What is holiness? The, the uh, distinct rule of God. How are they making us defiled? They are making us um, get re getting rid of these holiness and to be ruled by the world. And the more we are related to the world, and it becomes shame of the Lord. And I once heard this story. There is a kid, a mom cooked him a curry and with, with beef in it. Beef curry. And he, he went to different different house to hang out. And in that house, they cooked this chicken curry. But but beef is more expensive in, in Korea, right? And when when he comes back comes back home <laughs> he said, Mom, when I went to, to that place to that place they had meat. They had meat in curry. And how would that mom feel? She would feel she would feel um, unfortunate, right? She put more expensive uh, meat in, in curry. But anyways, what I'm trying to say is that it's like this. How much of a, how great glory did God give us that we sold our dignity to the world and say, oh, I'm satisfied to these, these good things in the world. And that's what enemies do. Enemies make us confess. Oh, it's useless. It's meaningless to live by God. God is not giving us. God does not give. The world is more prosperous. world is more fancy. And if you keep search for these fanciness or the luxurious things in the world, you are being defiled. And we are telling people not to use cell phone, right? Of course, I myself is tempted by the cell phone a lot. Why? Because in the cell phone, there are lots of interesting things. When I'm lonely, it becomes a friend to me. When I need something, um, interesting things, it gives me interesting things. Do not say amen to this. But, but through this cell phone, enjoying through this cell phone should be shame to you. Why? When you are... When you are in need, who becomes your strength? The Lord. When you need wisdom, who gives you wisdom? The Lord. Not only that, the, the foundation of my life is God, and I have His DNA, but having others as my comfort, as my joy, and as my wisdom, it's a, such a shame. So when you understand God's heart, You would know, you would know how God would feel. An enemy will say, hey, God, look, he likes that more than you. And even through the tribulation, even through corruption of the body, but even though God, God is... God is good. Despite of all those living by God is glory. Despite of all those, God will give us victory. And what does God do? He would gather all these enemies in order to 
kill them all at once. So the enemy's uh, identity will be revealed. So at the end, at the end they are gathering in order to die. And you might think, oh, these enemies, they are so stupid. No, but they, they, they can never understand the order of kingdom of God, no matter how smart they are. Why? Because all this order, uh, of, order of the kingdom is, is through the faith. So the world, so the world, what do they say? They say we are stupid because they do not understand this order. And when we speak in tongues, when we speak in tongues, this, can these enemies interpret? What, what am I saying is that the faith cannot be understood by the world. So, so the enemies will gather in order to be destroyed by God. So how important is it to live by faith? So when you live by faith, it is living by the order of kingdom of God. When you live by faith, then you are moving God. But instead, if you live by your own thoughts, if you live by own own method, method, you will be stuck in your own world. And 13, verse 13 and chapter 5, verse 1 is that God is gathering his army. Rise and thresh daughter Zion, for I will give you horns of iron, I will give you hooves of bronze, and you will break to pieces many nations. You will devote their ill-gotten gains to the Lord, their wealth to the Lord of all the earth. And what, what does God make us to do? To avenge to the enemies. And during the intercession, I had this revelation. We always make this t-shirt, right? We always design the t-shirt. And in the design team, they, they've, they've made too many um, shirts until now and they are lacking of ideas. I had this one idea. <laughs> and when we talk about vengeance, it's <laughs> underwear of innerwear of avenge. And I, 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 the idea of making the underwears, but anyways. Anyways, God is making us to avenge to the enemies. But anyways, God will make us avenge to the enemies. Then day of vengeance will come at this end time. God will raise his work of vengeance. Who, who is he raising? Daughter Zion, the army of Zion. Of course, in historical perspective, uh, he is raising Israelites, but also the remnants of the world. Why is he calling her a daughter? 
who is a daughter, daughter of the most precious of a father. He is the most loved of, of the father. And to the ones who made her ashamed, God will raise the army in order to avenge them. And in our church, of course, there are lots of um, brave female warriors. I'm always proud of them. And we have lots of intercessors. And in many festivals of the church, we have this military concept shows. We have this like marching band. And and in South Korea, in Seoul, there is this special force in South Korea which has this, um, uh, I don't know what it's called, the, the poisonous spider force, like that? I don't know. Anyways. with the high schoolers there was this one seat that, that you need to sit with all the other foreigners and I sat with other foreigners in the train in the train we had to ride a train for like seven hours and there was this one drunk guy who was sitting next to me he was drunk and he had these lots of um, drinks with him and he was drunk he was out of his conscious and while drinking he was he was uh, picking out picking out these different people he was um, he was trying to um, lay lay hands on others belonging and all the other foreigners who were who were sitting in in that um, seat they they went away and for nine hours I was fighting spiritually I was praying to the Lord Lord save me and this guy was sitting there I was thinking And after those nine hours of seat, um, after a few days, I talked with um, Koon, who I changed the seat with. And I told her this and that I felt difficult uh, because of you, I sacrificed. And she said, and she said, if, if it was me, I would have prayed in tongues and I would have made him disappear. 
But anyways, daughter Zion, he's gathering this army, and he will make, he will give her a horns of iron, which is the authority, and the hooves, which will make them available to trample the enemies. And what will they retrieve? They will retrieve all these ill-gotten gains and the wealth of Babylon. Babylon did not um, plant their own own crops and they did not gain their wealth but instead they plundered others in order to um, gain their wealth and this is a victory of the remnants all the wealth that has been gained by the enemies will be retrieved by the remnants and they will be separated in order to be offered to the Lord so the church will grow through this spiritual battle just like glorious church in Ephesians church who are they? they are the army, they are the soldiers they are the ones who will retreat from the enemies and the enemies they have already plundered from those the, to to establish their country and their wealth but at the end time God wants to retrieve all their wealth in order to uh, fulfill his his um, justice and righteousness and this is a war that is not done by ourselves but by the unification of the remnants and practically through this conference this war will begin and practically lots of people from all over the world will arise who understand the glory of the remnants and what would happen the land will be purified and the rule of the of the of god will be proclaimed through the church and lastly chapter 5 verse 1 says marshal your troops now city of troops for a siege is laid against us they will strike israel's rulers on the cheek with a road and this is talking about the shame of, of Jesus, or uh, mocking of the enemies to the Jesus. But through this situation, uh, God is gathering this remnants. And from time to time, through, through this John the Baptist and the Moravian people. And now it's time for us to fight against this spiritual war. It is now time for us to... Um, Share share the gains of the enemies. It is time for us to yearn and desire of the ruling of the Lord It is time for us to bear the life Lord will soon come and he will he will rule over us. Let's pray